don't want to do this at all. And he's like, well, we don't have to do it. Why are you so scared? And I said, I just, I don't see how it's possible. It just, the physics don't make sense to me. <laughs> like, what if I, we, we can't get regular size again? And I think it's going to really hurt. And I don't know why everybody's standing in this line. They are crazy. This place is nuts. I don't want to do it at all. And he thought I was kidding. Oh my God. Starts laughing, which of course, then I just yeah, wrong way, wrong I'm thing. Like in a puddle on the floor, I'm just terrified out of my mind, and he has to tell me it's all pretend, and I'm like, no, it's magic. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present. Our spectacular show of podcast magic and imagination full of Disney wonder, news, and pop culture. It's the Main Street Electrical Podcast with Jen Novotny and David Dollar. Hey, Jen. Hey, Dave. It's the Main Street Electrical Podcast. Podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Main Street Electrical Podcast. I'm David Dollar here with my co-host, Jen Devotny. And uh, she has already said hello. We've introduced ourselves now. And it's time for some Disney fun. We've got a great show coming up. We have a great guest coming on that I'm real excited to talk to. Paige Davis. You know her from Trading Spaces, obviously. But also, she's done Broadway. She's done, you know, Disney Broadway. We talk up. Well, Mm -hmm. we don't really talk to her husband, Patrick. But we we hear his voice. With we talk kind of talk with Patrick, he's off Ish. camera talking about some Disney stuff as well, having a great conversation. But I got to ask you first, Jen, how did you Disney this week? Oh gosh, the ever the ever present question: How did I Disney this week? This week I am cheating a little bit. I'm Disneying by wearing my Minnie Mouse shirt, like little tank top. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, I didn't do else anything else particularly exciting. Other than I started discussing a potential Disneyland trip, but I'll save that for a different week. Okay, fun. So it's an agency trip. So we're all going to Disneyland in January. Uh, That's exciting. Sure. I'm going to write my calendar. I'm writing it down. Awesome. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I'm, I'm excited to go back. Very cool. So I, for me, it's not even so much how did I Disney this week. It's how am mm-hmm. I going to Disney in about an hour or so? Because today Disney Plus has released Behind the Attraction. Oh, yes. Now, for those people out there who watch the Imagineering stories, and if you haven't watched that, go watch it right now. Well, after our show, obviously, then you'll watch it. It is a magnificent television yeah. series. It's all Disney history and about so you know, how things came to be, how the parks came to be, and things like that. Just mm-hmm. incredible. Well, they, on that same vein, they have behind the attractions. And the first five episodes are Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise, Space Mountain, uh, Star Tours, and Tower of Terror. And for those of you, if you're brand new to the show and you don't know, if you go back to episode like four maybe episode two something like that and episode 18 as well we have mcnair wilson on who was one of the minds one of the creative geniuses behind tower of terror so Mm -hmm. i'm excited to watch it i'm gonna watch them in order in case they build with a very loosely threaded story between but it's on disney plus now i'm so excited to watch this and that's how i'm going to disney as soon as i get off this call as soon as we get done editing the show i'm hopping on i'm gonna binge watch all five and i'm really excited so i can walk around going i know more than you do about disney stuff (laughs) so (laughs) <laughs> which you should be all over the haunted mansion episode i expect you, you to know watch i that will be oh yeah for sure else. yeah and yeah. i also expect you to watch raya and the last dragon which i don't think you've still seen I and seen yeah and luca which you haven't seen and black widow which you haven't seen so you gotta get out you, you need to make a movie night just do it just, i know i i know. need to just like binge watch a bunch of movies it's you really just need to take the day I'm... off after i get paid take the day off and okay. uh you know sign my check first take the day off rest the, you know what jen have the rest of the day off today just rest the day off take it off you're so kind you I know well, my boss doesn't always let me have the day off you well sure well you're your own boss you can you know you can yeah my boss can be a real <laughs> jerk <laughs> well, yes that's true that's true i get that <laughs> so let's talk we don't really have any disney news other than to say that i feel like we broke the story last week epcot monorail has returned in service now we didn't really break the story so much as we announced it before it was a official but epcot monorail going like back to epcot. almost official we were, we're like we're official. pretty sure this is official well there is that that gray area between it's not quite official but we know it's going to be official in a matter of seconds and so we went ahead and announced it anyway so really we yeah. broke the story as an as an official story yeah there you go there you i'll go I like with it, it. i'll we'll go, go with, with it. It. we yeah uh you know unlike some sites we don't want to just throw things at the wall and hope they stick and then just ignore right. it if we get it wrong uh but yeah i'm excited about the epcot uh, monorail it's real exciting it's we another, did give the caveat that it wasn't official that's very we did true say. that's very true we did but get now it is because it's running we've seen the video yes, of it running back and forth, literally running is, there's something about being on that monorail and going through the park 
and I just because it. it loops through the park around spaceship mm-hmm. earth and everything and you know you're just looking down and you're like and it's it's the closest i think to, to having a monorail like disneyland has where it actually goes into magic kingdom into tomorrowland yes. and stops yes. you know you obviously can't stop in epcot but just watching what you're like oh this is where i'm gonna be and i'm going there look at there yeah. it's, just, it's so exciting I, I love it i love it i'm excited i'm so. excited so very excited. Let's get to our guest. Of course, we have Paige Davis, like I said, from Trading Spaces and all right. the other places. And and uh, you know, uh, behind the scenes, um, behind the the curtain here, honestly, wasn't sure exactly how the conversation was going to go because I know she did Disney stuff twenty years ago, twenty five years ago with with Beauty and the Beast, and you know, she's been off and on here and there. And I did, I don't think I realized what a Disney fan she yeah. actually is. Yeah. Great conversations coming up. But let so me give you fun. a forewarning. There is a little bit of language in this one. Um, you know, she. She talks. She tells stories, and that's fine. Nothing too, nothing too abrasive. No, nothing really. Nothing, bad. nothing bad at all. There's no f bombs or anything dropped, but just an FYI, there are a few little lines here and there, just in case. So I would say it's not even PG thirteen. It's more of a PG eleven. I don't know, <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's you should be it's fine. Minor, I, just wanted, be I fine. didn't want anybody to be caught off guard or something. Right? Like that, yeah. You know? Just if you have young years, and if you have, you know, you know just not all Broadway shows are kid friendly. So in some descriptions, it's like, well, this is happening on stage. So yeah. Anyway, let's talk to Paige. You know, Jen, I've had this list of, of guests I've wanted to get on. Of course, you've heard me talk mm-hmm. about Michael Eisner. We've heard me talk about Samantha Brown. Uh, we had Stacy from Us Do Disney on. And on my list was Paige Davis. Yes. Disney Broadway, Trading Spaces. And guess what? We got Paige Davis on the show. <laughs> Paige Davis, how you doing? I'm good. Did you ever get Samantha Brown? Not yet. Not yet. We'll, we'll <laughs> Not get her. Yet. Don't worry. We, and if you have an inroad, we'll definitely take her. But oh, you know I mean, what? I don't know if I, it's still the incorrect number, but I could text her. For a while, we had a little bit of an ongoing back and forth because we realized, in fact, we met, I think, did we meet at Disney? We might have actually met at an event at Disney, but I I do remember we were at Disney when we spoke to each other about how we each get, we get recognized for each other. Right. So I, I have like numerous times in my phone where I've said, hey, I'm at Olive Garden and I got in ahead of the line because they think I'm you. <laughs> and I didn't correct them. And she, she says, oh, I just got something free because somebody thought I was you. So, so funny. We have a whole well, I mean, we don't email anything alike, but we, we are very similar in our energies mm-hmm. and in our mm-hmm. types and in our ages. And, you know, we're both, or we're both under the Discovery Network's umbrella. So right. yeah. watching Trading Spaces, you're going to see commercials for Samantha Brown. Right. And watching Travel Channel, you're going to see commercials for Trading Spaces. Yeah. And so I think people just got it sometimes confused. But we decided <laughs> we would never correct anybody. We would just say, oh, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're kind of, I mean, you're iconic. I mean, you're kind of ubiquitous when it comes to a lot. I mean, especially people who've, who grew up in the 90s and the 2000s watching, t- watching TV before streaming. Mm-hmm took hold this is you know you watch tv yeah and so you know you got your anthony bourdain you got your samantha brown you got your Paige davis you got your other names mm-hmm. steve Irwin, people like that that everybody knows whether they watched a lot of shows or a few shows right. the name is there and the face is there and the recognition yeah. is there so if you just want to email me her number i'll get in touch with her i hate to put that on your shoulders i might, you know? I might text her on your behalf <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll give her your number. I think i would promptly lose her number or she would <laughs> Block me from her phone. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to make it easy on you. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll ask you the question that we ask every uh, every guest that comes on the show right at the top. How did you Disney this week? Um, you know, it's funny. I, I know how I Disney this week, but I'm trying to remember how I got to that. We were watching a YouTube video of the performance of Lion King on the Tonys, mm-hmm. the year that it was up for the Tony. Patrick, he's in the other room. Yeah. Sorry, himself. That's okay. No, we like <laughs> Patrick too. Why were we, why did we look up that Lion King video, Patrick? What brought us to looking up that Lion King video online? I think he asked, I think I might remember. I think he asked, is that the chant at the beginning, the da, 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 uh-huh, da, right. I can't do African. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the actual <laughs> language. I don't know it. I just know it by like, you ever hear, hear people say pink pajamas, penguins on the box? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's how I know the African in life. Yeah. And he said, oh, you know, I don't remember if that was in the movie or if only it was in the musical. And I, 
I thought that it was in the movie. And, and I was right. And so we looked up the, you know, the beginning of the Lion King animated movie. Mm. And then that, that just sent us down the rabbit hole of YouTube. Of right? Of course. Right, right. <laughs> watching the opening number of Lion King. First, we watched one out on tour. And then we watched the Tony Award performance or the Tony performance that they then got the award for. And we were both of us just at the dining room table sobbing and just remembering how visceral that experience was. You know, just all of it. I mean, from the giraffes, you know, coming on stage Mm -hmm. for the first time and the cheetah and the elephant coming down the aisle. I mean, just too, too, too much. And of course, watch in the Tony performance, you watch the entire audience just agog, you know, not aghast, they're not uh, more mortified, but they're like so shocked and surprised mm-hmm. and in awe, an absolute awe. It's it's just so beautiful, and it's still mm-hmm. not old. Like to this day, mm-hmm. it still grips you when you see it. Right. I think that's that's one of the reasons I love the Finding Nemo, the musical in Disney and Animal Kingdom, is because they have the same sort of puppetry they have in The Lion King. Mm-hmm. And of course, at that time, it was revolutionary. Nobody had ever seen that kind of yeah. thing done in a large scale. And I've seen. Unfortunately, I have not been able to see Beauty and the Beast. I've tr- I've had tickets for it oh, twice, and both times so I was unable to go. Uh, the first was a car wreck. Second time they canceled it. Uh, oh. But but I've seen Lion King a couple of times on Broadway, and it's it's tremendous. It's just an experience that it's unforgettable yeah. Uh, yeah. to watch how they done. And, and am I correct in saying that Patrick was Scar in one of the line either on Broadway yeah, or on with the touring? Did, he did the first national tour of mm-hmm. Scar, and he also went into the Broadway company and was part. He's part of Lion King for years. Yeah. He went in and out oh of. The tour and Broadway. Then yeah. I saw him because I was at the first national tour. Of the Lion <laughs> oh, in what city? So Pittsburgh. Oh, I don't, he might not have played Pittsburgh. That's oh, right. really? I would remember that. Well, well maybe well. not. Oh, well, okay. I thought I did. Maybe, maybe it wasn't the first national tour, but I've seen it in Pittsburgh like four times. Every time it's come, I've seen it. So well, and it's because I know I know Patrick Page through you, basically. I mean, following your yeah. career, uh, quote quote unquote stalking, uh, following your career and everything. But you know, that's how I you know Patrick. And I watched in the Heights and at the movie theater, and of course Patrick is in it. And I know to my wife, and I'm like, that's Patrick Page. And she's like, who? And I'm like, that's Page's husband. And she's like, Page, I'm like, Page Davis, you know, and like talking to you like we're best friends and everything. That's Page's husband, that's Patrick. <laughs> He's the one with the Disney career and, and he's the one that, I mean, I always loved Disney, um, but I didn't, I didn't really appreciate, truly appreciate the mm-hmm. magic of Disney mm-hmm. until I was already almost an adult, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like 18 years old, 17, 18 years old, but Patrick grew up loving Disney and it was his favorite thing in the world. And one of the funniest stories from his childhood is when he begged and begged and begged over and over again for his parents to take them to Disney. And they just kept saying they didn't have the money to go. Mm-hmm. And at one point, how old were you when you told your parents you'd have a garage sale? He can't hear me. He doesn't have his hearing aids. In. <laughs> hey, Patrick, how old were you when you told your parents you would have a garage sale to raise the money? Like 11 or 12. Yeah, like 11 years old. <laughs> he says, okay, well, if I raise the money, can we go? Mm-hmm. So he has a garage sale. And of course, he didn't raise anywhere near enough money. But he raised <laughs> hundreds of dollars even back then, you know, and that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and his parents felt so shamed that they were like, okay, we'll go. <laughs> they gathered everybody. They went in a big old van. Grandma, everyone drove from Oregon all the way down to Disneyland. Oh, my word. And they got there. And, of course, you know, they're very young. And he has an even younger brother. And it's funny that it's he has a younger brother because they get there and Patrick apparently was like a broken record saying, I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we're here. And then his younger brother goes, shut up. <laughs> As an adult, I say that when I walk into Disney, I still am like, I can't believe I've been yeah. here 35 times. I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here. What do you remember your first time going to Disney? Yeah. Obviously you had a different experience as an adult, maybe when you went, but do you well, remember the your first time? time I went to, I believe it was Disneyland. I was just a little, little kid. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even think I was two years old yet. So I don't remember that. The, the first time I went to a park that I have any memory was when I, I went with a boyfriend and 
I think his mother really wanted us to get married. And she literally sent us on a five-day vacation to Disney World. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'll go. This was, well, this was quite a long time ago because I was like 17 years old. Mm. And she put us up at the Grand Floridian, which, of course, was the fancy fancies at the time. And it wasn't so much the Grand Floridian that made it the experience that it was as much as it was one of the hotels on the monorail. So that meant that when I entered Disney, I never left the magic of Disney for five days because you don't have to leave the park to go back to your hotel. There's no traffic. Right. Right. Anything. And I just bought it hook, line and sinker. I believed it was magic. I, I I thought it was all real and all happening. I happened to be gullible, but that is beside the point. The magic of Disney is very strong and everyone's happy and everyone's kind and everyone's polite and everything's clean. And I remember I had a breakdown in line for body wars. Oh, body wars. <laughs> right? Does that even yes. exist? It Not doesn't. Anymore, it's been gone quite a while. But I remember it. So it's one of those virtual, you know, you get on yeah. a platform and it takes you through and it makes you whatever. Well, you know, you're waiting in line for hours and they have the videos that entertain you as you're in line. And this video was explaining to us what was going to happen when we entered this attraction. We were going to go down into someone's finger and extract a splinter. Well, I just start crying because... I'm really terrified. And so my boyfriend says, what is wrong? Are you okay? Do you feel okay? And I said, I'm really scared. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this at all. And he's like, well, we don't have to do it. Why are you so scared? And I said, I just, I don't see how it's possible. It just, the physics don't make sense to me. <laughs> like, what if we, we can't get regular size again? And I think it's going to really hurt. And I don't know why everybody's standing in this line. They are crazy. This place is nuts. I don't want to do it at all. And he thought I was kidding. Oh my gosh. He starts laughing, which of course then I just. Yeah, wrong way, wrong thing. I'm like in a puddle on the floor. I'm just terrified out of my mind. And he has to tell me it's all pretend. And I'm like, no, it's magic. (laughs) (laughs) I would have totally been friends with you in high school and I would have probably (laughs) believed it with you. So it's totally fine. Like that, totally. That's awesome. Well, I, I know I definitely want to ask you about Disney Broadway because I know you spent some time doing uh, Beating the Beast. That's where you met your husband, I believe. That's right. And we'd love to hear that story, just kind of that era, that era of Broadway. Uh, just to set the scene for the for the listeners, Disney had purchased had purchased the Amsterdam Theater, I believe, in '95. Mm-hmm. And yesterday actually was the was the anniversary of them signing mm-hmm. a 99 year lease to renovate that entire theater. Times Square had just been renovated uh, over the last yeah. you know, five years or so, and they were going to put you know uh, Lion King in there. Well, Beauty and the Beast was already running, um, massive success, massive movie. There's a whole lot of Disney history there, and I know you were part of the Disney his, uh, the Disney on Broadway with Beauty and the Beast. And I would love to hear just a little bit about that that whole era. Well, Beauty and the Beast was their first venture, you mm-hmm. know. Disney theatricals first venture. And, um, you know, so being a part of that was extraordinary. So we've known Tom Schumacher who runs Disney, you know, now he's this very, very, very important, powerful man on Broadway. We knew him when he was just this really nice, sweet guy in Converse sneakers when funny glasses showing up and being like, we're going to make this great. We're like, okay, let's make it great. Um, He's a really, really wonderful, nice person. He's been so loyal to Patrick over the years because, of course, Patrick went on mm-hmm. to not only um, do Lumiere on tour, which he did, but then also he did it on Broadway for many years when the part became available. And then, of course, he went into Scar uh, or into Lion King as Scar on tour and on Broadway. So um, he's got quite a history with Disney and he's done a bunch of other little things for them, too. Um So, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, the thing about that tour is I did meet Patrick on on the road. Um, We started out together and it was a very, very special time. I mean, it'll always hold a very special place in my heart. In fact, one of the first jobs I did in Los Angeles was dancing at the, uh, they they reinstituted the tradition of having dancers perform before the movie 
at the El Capitan Theater, which is mm-hmm. across the street from Man's Chinese Theater. Oh my gosh. And so I was one of the dancers that danced before Beauty and the Beast played, which is just like crazy. Um, and anyway, it was back in the golden age of touring. I mean, that's when you really made like great per diem. You made a Broadway salary in addition mm. to your per diem. And you stayed in cities for weeks, sometimes months at a time. So we ended up staying on the road together for two and a half years, saw the country, fell in love. Um, and that tour, it's like everybody fell in love. Everybody got married. Everybody had kids. <laughs> it really was like that. I mean, it just became this like traveling band of players who were all family and created little mini families out of it. And we're still close to this day because I don't know, it was just a really bonding experience. Mm-hmm. And so people cool. loved the show. Yeah, I mean, it, we traveled with. I believe it was. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna safely say 35 semi trucks. I think wow. it was more. I actually think it was more. Oh and you know, to have that set be moved and put up, you know, mm-hmm. a huge castle like now when it tours, it's all a little reduced down. And it's mm-hmm. more cost effective. This was back in the day. <laughs> this was back in the day. And so uh, it was just so great. So we would have days, so many days off between mm-hmm. cities. Sometimes we'd have up to six or seven days off between cities. Oh my gosh. So Patrick and I would hop in the car and we'd stay at some bed and breakfast along the mm-hmm. way. We saw the country even in between the cities where we were. So it was, it was great. It was always sold out. It was always amazing. It's just a beautiful love story. To fall in love while telling this love story was almost like, oh my God, I might throw up. (laughs) (laughs) How could you not fall in love though? I mean, that is just. That was 26 years ago. That is to this day, it is one of my favorite musicals. And I love some of the music that's in there versus like the, you know, animated feature or Mm -hmm. even the new live action. It's just, it's so good. Home, like I ball every time. So beautiful. I mean, Alan Menken, you know, he, yeah. 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 Ashman, I mean, you don't get much better than that. I think it was, no. I want to say it was Katzenberg that took out Human again uh, from the uh, movie because it was slated to actually be was. in the movie itself, in the actual movie itself. It and as right. a, and as a, as a make good, they put it into the Broadway musical to make sure it was, it got represented it in there. It was my favorite no. number to do. Oh, it's so great. Oh, great. Just so sweeping and oh, just wonderful. It was there a favorite city that you guys that you remember like performing in that you really just harken back to and like I love oh, being in that city. You know, I don't know if I remember the audiences well enough to know in terms of like performing in a city. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will always say Minneapolis because it was the first city on the tour. We okay. did um, we rehearsed in New York, but we teched in Minneapolis, and that we opened in Minneapolis. And, you know, that is where Patrick and I really started falling in love. The six months of winter in Minneapolis (laughs) is when we were there. And our first date was together. We weren't even a couple yet, but we now call it our first date. We together went to Eddie Bauer to buy parkas because we were going to die. We were going to freeze to death. And we still have those parkas to this day. They're matching. Mine's red. His is green. Mm -hmm. And we still wear them. Oh okay, you, you can be in a t-shirt in 40 below and you will still be toasty warm. Wow. So I, I did. I love Minneapolis. I love the Cherry Spoon Bridge is there. I love mm. Klaus Oldenburg as an artist. Um, and so that art piece is there. And um, love Chicago. Wow. Oh. It was great. We were six months in Chicago over Christmas time. Wow. Oh my gosh. Magnificent. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really, it rivals New York even. It's so beautiful and perfect and wonderful. And just, and because we were there for so long, we were in a corporate apartment as opposed to just like in a hotel. So that was like the first time I really had like Christmas where I did Christmas. I grew up Jewish. And so his parents were coming to visit us for Christmas. And he said, you know, since my parents are coming here, they're actually coming to our home for Christmas. Can we put up a Christmas tree? And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, you know. So we did it, and I we we decorated it very Hanukkah looking. 
It was like all teal and purple. And very, in fact, we took, we went around and we stole everybody's opening night flowers and we hung them and dried them. So kind of had this almost like Victorian look because we dried roses and everything throughout. And then I made this huge dinner and I bought presents for everybody as parents and everything. And I'm surprised for Patrick that I had, again, one of the cast members' kids mm-hmm. out on the road. <laughs> uh, he came down dressed as an elf and delivered the present that morning. Oh, so cute. <laughs> and Patrick goes, wow, I never had Christmas till I had a Jewish girlfriend. But <laughs> <laughs> I just went cuckoo for Coco Pups crazy. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is so much fun. <laughs> Was really, really great. <laughs> love I love it. that idea about the dried flowers. I don't know. Like I, that just struck me. That's a great idea. <laughs> well, Jim, when you're an opening out of a Broadway show, you just go around and collect the flowers and you're good. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know when I'll be on opening on a Broadway show. I, I kind of feel like that mm-hmm. time has passed, but well, you know, well, Jen's the uh, page. I'll tell you, Jen's the, the, the talented of the two when it comes to the arts, because she's the singer, she's the dancer. She's the one that does all that, all that stuff. So she recognizes the music and she recognizes all the shows. And, and like, I've seen a lot of Broadway stuff just here in my hometown of Birmingham. Um, but it's, you know, smaller productions. So when things come through, they don't have the huge massive theaters that some shows do. Um, but Jen can talk all about the, the songs and the Broadway and the music. And so, yeah, oh. that's how you guys can definitely. Relate. That was my, that was my world for so long. So I, <laughs> especially in like the nineties and stuff, nineties and early two thousands. So, so let's, let's jump a little bit to, I want to talk a little bit about trading spaces and I know it's not necessarily Disney, but we've got you on the show. So we have to talk about it. Um, how, I don't know how much there is to talk about. How, um, how did, how, how do we transition from. It died. It got revived. Right. (laughs) I was so excited when it revived though. I was like, Oh my gosh. It's like, you were really excited too. I mean, it was great to be, back together again and it was nice to see that the camaraderie that we shared off camera and on camera both wasn't a fluke that there was a real Mm -hmm. chemistry between all of us and Mm -hmm. I think the history that we had already shared together just made us stronger it was really really fun to come back and it was exciting to have all the hoopla around it and everything Mm -hmm. and I'm really glad it happened when it did because we've lost Frank now Mm -hmm. oh that's right so it's really really sad it was a shock to all of us in fact when we were working on the reboot he seemed healthier more fit than he ever had you know he he was always so overweight and he smoked (laughs) like a chimney and you just thought Frank what are you doing you're not going to last long for this world you know oh Paigey I'm fine (laughs) and you know and then he finally got really fit and I don't it was something with his heart, but mm. yeah. well, how did trading spaces come about to begin with? Where did you, how did you land yeah. that? Or how did they find you? Like, how did you them? switch over? Yeah. It was really a fluke. Um, one of my best friends uh, worked at Banyan Productions mm-hmm. who, you know, produced trading spaces mm-hmm. for TLC. And she did not work on trading spaces. She worked on uh, makeover story and a wedding story. Oh. And later actually produced mine and Patrick's episode of a wedding story, mm. which they did when, you know, I became the host of trading spaces and they knew I was engaged. They were like, well, we're doing your wedding story. And you're like, okay. <laughs> no brainer. Um, so we have like the best 23 minute wedding video of all time. It's, yeah. show. it's incredible. Um, so she had said to them, you know, I know this perfect girl. She called screaming into my answering machine. There's the show, there's the show. And they're auditioning for a new host and you're perfect for it. And I called her back and I said, you know, uh, I have never done TV. I've never hosted anything and I don't have a background in interior design. So how am I perfect for this show? (laughs) And she said, I just know it. And she really pushed. I could not get an audition to save my life. And she just kept begging them to see me. And they just kept saying no, because I didn't have a resume to reflect that. Yeah. So I ended up, I don't even know why. I think because to get her off my back, honestly, because I don't think I knew I wanted it or cared. You know, nothing like this existed. Trading Spaces was a very new type of television. Mm -hmm. Reality, especially, well, reality as we know today didn't even exist. And even home improvement television was very dry. 
you know, yep. it's like real literal how-to shows with literal experts like Bob Villa or whatever. This old house. This yeah. old house. Yeah. 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 And so that one. Um, having a, a host that's just like, hey, welcome. Let's have some fun. Like that, not even really that existed. Hosts yeah. didn't even exist unless you were a game show host, right? Or a right. talk show host. Um, so it was all new. And and all I knew was I trained my whole life to be a dancer, a singer, and, or an actress and an actress, you know, in musical theater. And this right. job not allow me to dance, sing, or act. So why would I do it? But she just kept pushing me and pushing me. So eventually I called the uh, head of TLC. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I don't even know. I got, I got the voicemail. I, I didn't get her. It passed me through to her voicemail. Yeah. And I said, you know, hi, you know, my name. And uh, I understand that my resume does not reflect television experience, but please understand I have 17 years of experience in the business. And I actually think that my, you know, training and improv and my background in theater is really ideally suited to what I'm understanding is an unscripted show. I was just like a chance to be seen. And so then my agent was like, uh, uh, I don't know what happened, but you can go down to Philadelphia. They'll see you at the end if there's time. So I tried oh Philly and I just waited and waited and waited. I waited all day. And the executive producer from the production company said that we were out of time. But the executive producer from TLC, not the woman I called, but somebody else. Mm. So I really want, I really want to see her. And he made them they started packing up the equipment. He made them unpack and set up again to see me. He just had oh a hunch. <laughs> it was like, that's literally like yeah. the meant to be like, not, you can't. And the rest is history. That's crazy. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, it's it's really funny bad. because Trading Spaces is one of those programs, and I'm I'm an avid movie watcher, and I grew up with television. And again, this is even before streaming became prevalent, which is how we watch movies and TV, honestly. Now, yeah. But you know, when I mentioned earlier about you know like yourself and Samantha Brown and whatever, you've you like Mark Summers from Double Dare and Paige Davis from Trading Spaces, <laughs> and there like there are certain shows yes. and certain characters and certain names that are part of my personal like entertainment history. Like that is my hall of fame because mm-hmm. I watch these shows and I watch them religiously like, all the time. And I remember when trading spaces came out and actually there was a, you came to mountain Brook, Alabama, which was actually, it's very close to, to where I live. And that was a big to do around here. Trading spaces is coming to town. Oh my gosh. And they're everybody's freaking out. Of trading spaces. <laughs> and, you know, and of course I remember the, the, the bad ones. I remember the hay on the wall and I remember the yarn and oh my I remember, gosh I remember that yarn. one there was the, the didn't Vern did something with yarn like big balls of yarn I believe yes um and I remember those and like honestly I remember the, the only episodes I didn't like watching were the the ones where you hosted the they hated it episodes because those made me so uncomfortable I, I mean oh. good tv <laughs> but it's like I'm just watching these people and cringe. I'm like no don't do that no no I don't like them being upset no don't be mad at Paige she didn't do anything well, you know, the reason why you remember those as well as you do is because they were so rare. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. stand out. We shot anywhere from 60 to 75 episodes a season, mm-hmm. including wow. specials and everything. Wow. And it ran for eight years initially. Oh so gosh. that's a lot. That's a lot of, of houses. That's a lot of houses. <laughs> Two rooms per episode. So it's just literally hundreds of rooms. And there was maybe, I don't know, 20 to 30. I hate, I hate it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so it, they, they stick in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I remember them vividly <laughs> to the best of my knowledge. I, I still say this is true. I think it's true. I haven't been told otherwise. I know it was true for a long time. There's only one episode that actually ended a friendship. Like even the most famous wow. Wow. Um, negative reveal of all time was the woman who everybody calls crying Pam, which about the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember her. <laughs> so that's the one, you know, she's was the most upset. Mm-hmm. It is the most infamous episode of the whole series. But there's another one, a woman named Jessie, who just didn't want Brown. And she opened her eyes and she saw Brown and she flew off the handle and it's weird in the episode because it kind of looks like she's smiling, but I've come to learn that that was nervous laughter. Right. She was really angry. 
she really did try to choke her neighbor. Like it was a, it was like the Jerry Springer show. Oh my god! And I'm thinking, are, are they, are they acting this out? Like we yeah. become f- more famous at that point. Like the show was really popular, and um, most everybody had at least heard of it. And so I thought, are they trying to like be something or whatever? Mm. I was like, nope. That she was really angry, and she never spoke to them again. Oh my gosh! And I, to the best of my knowledge, that's the only time that's ever happened. Usually, even if the neighbors don't like it, they'll say, "Oh, it's not your fault. We signed up." And right. And the neighbors say, "We'll help you put it back. We'll fix it." You know. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I I would never. Th- I mean, it's paint basically now, is there, i mean it can be undone yeah. on, on the flip side is there one that sticks out in your mind about how well it went whether it was somebody who just needed that to happen to their house or somebody who was just overly emotional or happy or excited about what yeah. what was done or is there anything that sticks oh, gosh, out I like wish I, could, you know. I wish I could say there was one mm-hmm. i mean they were always so happy right um and and here's the other thing i can tell you is that even the people, look, there's the negative reveals that we really, really remember. But there's also, there's quite a few like meh reveals. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to hate it, but I'm probably going to change it, you know, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not me. I heard that a lot, which is fine. I mean, the whole point is to get something that's unexpected mm-hmm. and that you would never do on your own to try it out, see if you might like it. Yeah. Um, that happened a lot. People who thought they didn't like it when the cameras were rolling. And then literally 90 minutes later, when we're packed up and saying goodbye, they love it. They just had to get used to it. You know what I mean? But on camera, it looks like they're just sort of like, uh, but they actually loved it when it was all said and done. Yeah, it was um, it was definitely a water cooler I, show. It's something that yeah, people would ask each other. Absolutely. Did you see that episode? Oh my gosh, yes, it was crazy. Was that the one with Vern? Yes, it was fantastic. Yeah. Or oh my god, he was one see, of my favorites. You see what Lori did? Oh, it was ridiculous. I mean, yeah, we would sit there and my wife and I, or a girlfriend at the time, would you know, watch the shows together and critique it. And be like, I would never do. Oh, I love that. That's you know, and yeah. that's what everybody did. Oh, sure. And of course, you're bouncing around doing different things. Yeah, from and and you're seeing both perspectives, which I think is interesting because you're seeing what both houses are doing, and I don't know that anybody else is seeing that. Like. Nobody no, well, the, car- the carpenters are. Right. The carpenters oh, right. Are, but you're right. seeing both perspectives in, in your mind. You have to be thinking, oh, they're mm-hmm. going to love this, or that's an interesting decision. Always, I'm not I sure. I was always wrong. Happen. I was always <laughs> wrong. <laughs> guessing because the neighbors would have me so convinced that they were going to hate it and they'd open their eyes and love it. Or I would think to myself, oh, they're going to, nobody would not love this. It's perfect. And they'd open their eyes and be upset. So, mm. you know, you just never know what people associate with things. You know, home is very intimate and change mm. is very scary. And it's hard to adjust to, especially like that. Yeah. And especially, you know, after two days of very hard manual labor, you know, the it, it's hard work. The neighbors were really doing the work. We did wow. have a few production assistants, but everybody was working their asses off and I bet every day one, almost every day one was an all nighter, yeah. you know, because oh the time limit was real. It was all real. They really had to finish at four. It wasn't even two full days. They had to finish at four yeah. o'clock on day two was time set. And it was, it was a lot. And, and considering especially how much work it, it was, um, you know, what I was going to say is the thing I'm most proud about of the show is that except for angry Jesse, who didn't like Brown, um, <laughs> um, there's nobody who participated in trading spaces who didn't have a great time, even if mm. they were disappointed in their room at the end. Like even in that really, really famous episode with the fireplace, I asked her husband, when Pam leaves the room, I ask her, you know, are you sorry you did this? And he mm-hmm. said, oh, no, I would go through all of this again just to have the experience of the last two days. Wow. Wow. I think it was a real testament to our designers, regardless mm-hmm. of their personality on camera. They mm-hmm. were all really, really nice and kind and loving, hardworking. They didn't ask sure. me to do anything they wouldn't do themselves and wasn't doing right alongside them. And our crew, who were the nicest, kindest, funniest, most chill, amazing group of people. Mm. All our producers, cameramen, everybody. It seemed like a great time. It really did. Yeah, we picked up local crew and they were all like, are you sure you don't need someone to travel with you? Like, this is the best show I've ever worked on. And (sighs) it just, I took a lot of responsibility for that. It was important to me to set a tone. 
And I was really proud of us as a group, you know, regardless of how we were destroying homes across. (laughs) Well, I think that came across because honestly, like we all, I don't know. I kind of felt like, Oh, that's Paige. Like you kind of felt like we knew you and I'm like, you exuded that confidence and that wonderful energy. And, um, in fact, my sister begged my parents, like, can we, can I please have them redo my room? Can we please switch with, with the neighbors over there? <laughs> she begged. My mom was like, no, <laughs> my mom's a little OCD. So I have people write me saying that they just do it on their own. There's one family who they've got two girls and two boys and they switched and they, they filmed it all just like oh my God. episode and the kids didn't see their rooms. The mom helped the boys and the dad helped the girls. And, um, they sent it all to me and I still, I keep in touch with them to this day. I'm That's like, so oh, cute. This is the funnest family ever. Well, see, Jen, my experience is different because a lot of my guy friends are doofuses and I wouldn't trust them to redecorate uh, like anything oh, in my no, house. Oh, no, they would try to make you hate <laughs> it. That's no the way. problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you did the My Little Pony theme in my bedroom. That's awesome. What? What? So, yeah, we wouldn't. <laughs> we dumped into his brother. We had that special episode where we went to his family farm where he mm-hmm. grew up. And there was the house that he grew up in with his parents. And then there was another house that was built for his brother on it was in either sides of the field. And the one brother is still living in the old house and in his room to the one brother, he did a beautiful living room. Just, and that was, that was another thing that was special about the episode is he was the designer for both rooms. So he would go back, oh. which had never happened before with the designer. Right. And so the one brother, he gave like an absolute gorgeous, stunning living room. But the other brother, he he always thought was like a total douche. He like <laughs> destroyed that. <laughs> he like painted it all black and like just made it look really just like an 80s nightclub. It was just terrible. That's awesome. I was so mad. And Doug was like, well, it sucks to be here. It's nicer to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, of course, oh. you've done, you've done a lot of stuff besides trading spaces, so we definitely want to just make yeah. just the trading spaces show. But I know you've done a lot of Broadway, uh, uh, Chicago, yeah. and uh, you were in Mamie a couple of years Chicago. ago. Yeah, you were Roxy. Is that correct in Chicago? Yeah, I yeah. did Roxy in Chicago. I mean, I, oh my goodness, I did the national tour. I did the mm-hmm. Portugal production. I did the Broadway oh. production. Oh, I would love that. I would love to have seen that. It so. was. Wonderful. Chicago on Broadway was one of the more fun shows that I've ever seen. It's so That's much fun, so energetic, and just the uh, the the cell, oh, cell block tango is one of my funny, favorites. It's satirical. Yeah. It's you know, of course, cell block tango is yeah. Hilarious. I love that song. Yes, <laughs> it's so great. I mean, it's really it's just a perfect, mm-hmm. perfect musical. And as it is. is performed now in its current rendition from the 1996 revival that, you know, it's become ubiquitous now, the all black, mm-hmm. you know, the, the band on the stage with you, mm-hmm. the chairs, when it was originally done in 1975, it was done with full sets and costume changes and, you know, like your right. typical musical would be. So this was all unique, very different for Broadway, especially in 1996. Absolutely. Um, it really transformed how we can see storytelling and even in a big musical, it can be simplistic and streamlined and better. You yeah. know, really, it was, yeah, magnificent perfection. Is there, is there a show that you wish you could be a part of or have been a part of? Small part, big part, whatever, that you were never oh, able I've to? Oh, I've got my list. Sure. <laughs> list. Um, I... Uh, always wanted to do Cassie in a chorus line. I couldn't do that oh. now. Um, I'm far too injured and I can't dance. I, I'm, I'm a shadow of myself as a dancer anymore, um, just from just injuries and age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get to do Val in a regional production of a chorus line. That's the tits and ass girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's full free. And I still sing that for, you know, events and, different things all over just a great song it's such a good song, it's such a good song. Um, it so, and it's funny because you know you, you want to be cassie and i'm like oh no i have the better part i'm good <laughs> uh, i'm i'll take this and run with it uh, it's wonderful um i'd still like to do victor victoria mm. uh, i did not know i wanted to do maine mm-hmm. um but that was a regional production of me um, outside of Boston, which is where I am now. I'm in a Boston apartment because Patrick's oh. working on a film up here, actually. 
Nice. Um, so we're here for a while, but um, I really want to do Victor Victoria. And then there are a lot of dramas I want to do. I, I really want to do Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. I really want to do yes. Little Foxes. Um, a lot of people don't know that side of me because it's not what I'm usually hired right. for. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm actually much better at dramatic work than I am at comedy. <laughs> much better. <laughs> I read the screenplay for Little Foxes this year. Like I read, like I love reading like scripts, like play scripts and stuff. And I actually read the script for Little Foxes, which now, now that you've said it, I'm like, I could see Paige Davis in that. That would be fun. (laughs) Played Regina in class, Mm -hmm. um, and the class was like, oh shit. Um, It's okay. (laughs) They were um, like, that's not you, and like it it is me. Just not the side of me you see that often, <laughs> or that I that I see that often. But yeah, but I, as an actress, that's fun. I think to play something that you don't, but you know, and I'm just I, as an I'm amateur. Too, I'm too old to now to play uh, Sally Bowles too. I think. I mean, I probably could still play it because I look younger. Mm-hmm. So I might get away with. Stuff. I've always wanted to do Sally Bowles. I never never had a chance to do Sally, so that'd be a big one on the list. But I already played Charity. I played Roxy. I mean, those are the, the two real biggies. And I'm, I'm satisfied with that. <laughs> Play Roxy is like goals. <laughs> I, know, I know, right? Hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. Well, Jen, Jen, same question for you. What, was, what? what show would you love to be a part of? Like what show, if you oh could be a part, any part um, in any show, musical, you know, or theatrical or dramatic or whatever like i have an answer ready what would your what would your well in my wildest dreams i've got two um Mm -hmm. i'd be bell or (laughs) i would totally or i would be um uh for elphaba from wicked yes because i know those are like what everybody would choose Mm -hmm. but still or okay or from jekyll and hyde i would be all, almost any of the Wild theme horn, okay. <laughs> any of the parts from Jekyll and Hyde that musical is disturbing and the music is freaking amazing <laughs> oh my gosh I love it that's great that's I mean you'd be perfect for that role Jen Jekyll and Hyde well, oh, wait I'm just I, wor- I worked with Bob Cuccioli did you in Pittsburgh at the CLO he was my captain when I played Maria oh my gosh I love that <laughs> I had three kisses with him in the show and I used to mm-hmm. count them down. I'd be like, oh, there's one. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it happens to make the job easy. I mean, I just, like the director told us to. <laughs> yeah, you're just okay. Just following directions. You just had to do it. <laughs> Being the actress. Hilarious. I would I would be a part of the, the the cast of The Boys Next Door. It's been my it's my favorite play. Oh. I love The Boys Next Door. Um, or the guy who runs across the stage with the trash can lids and stomp that guy. I am not <laughs> musically inclined, but when he slides across that stage with those trash can lids and jump, Oh my goodness. Great. And I've, I've interviewed and talked to the guys on stomp and they've talked about the broken fingers and the broken toes oh, and, yeah. and like yeah. how much injuries they have like every night. And I'm like, worth it. All worth it. How, how could you not? I love <laughs> stomp. Painful. Stomp is so incredible. So, so, all right. So and, and as we kind of wind down here, we'll kind of bring it back around. Let's talk a little travel. Yeah. Uh, favorite places to travel. Where do you love mm. to travel? Where do you love to get away, well, to vacation? To go you to know, your- right before the pandemic happened, uh, Patrick and I were able to take an incredible, well, first of all, we would always choose to go to Disney World. That's just hands down. Good Disney- answer. <laughs> Vegas, the two sides of the coin. We are both sides of those coins, that coin. And we love that. We love it both. But that's just, you know, your go to. Right. Well, if you ever need a travel agent. But uh, (laughs) I'm just just saying, uh, you know, to throw We just had a a wonderful experience when, you know, Patrick is in Hades Town on Broadway. He plays Hades in Hades Town. Nice. Yeah. So, of course, not right now. Right. Uh, before they came to Broadway, the, the stop before Broadway was working the show in London at the National Theater. And everything at the National Theater is done in rep. So there were many times in London where he would have like two weeks off, you know, like four days off, six days off. And so we went traveling all around Europe. We went to Paris, we went to Dublin, we went to Rome. And Paris was just, oh, it was so beautiful. When I was in high school, I was part of a 
kind of like a glee situation mm-hmm. type thing, a performance troupe. And we went as a school to Brussels and Montpellier, France and Amsterdam. And we were driving through Paris and they weren't going to stop. They said we were running late. And they said, you've got a busload of high school kids who could go see Cathedral of Notre Dame, the Eiffel Tower, like all these things that, the, you know, the yeah. Louvre. How are you not going to stop? So they, I begged them and they stopped for three hours and I chose to go see the Cathedral of Notre Dame mm. and I didn't get to see anything else while I was there. And I always said, all I want to do is go back to Paris. All I want to do is go back to Paris. So I finally got to go. And Hildy mm-hmm. lives in Paris. Does oh, she? Yes, yes. She, she She's not married to him anymore, but she <laughs> married a Frenchman. Um, her sister married a Frenchman and she met this man at the wedding and they fell in love at Tien. And he was a lovely gentleman. It, oh. it didn't work out, but... Um, wow. She still lives in Paris because if you've lived there, why would you leave? Right. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. She showed us everything. She was the most wonderful tour guide. Oh. She took us everywhere. It was it was magical, you know, to have that inside look and mm. And Paris is magical. It's so magical. <laughs> Amazing. I love it there. So I really, I really, really want to go to Florence. I really want to go to Prague. I really want to go to um, Buenos Aires. I really want to go to Barcelona. I really want to go to Iceland. Oh, that's a bunch of good ones. Florence, I highly recommend. Oh, so jealous. Highly recommend. So great. It's like, it's up there with Paris for me. I would go back to Florence in like two seconds. That seems right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And the food and the food. (laughs) <laughs> food, the food would bring me there. It's it's the uh, food for me. I love the sights and scenery, but give me something good to eat, please. <laughs> so. It was beautiful at a walk. And the shopping. Mm-hmm. And the shopping. shopping. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fine. So so Patrick is there. You guys are there in Boston working. He's working on the film. What is what are you working on now? What's next yeah. for you? What's coming up for you? Or are you just kind of laid back and hanging out? Show. I don't have any shows coming up now. I was just on hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Oh, oh fun. Really? Okay. <laughs> I, lo- I lost both games. My, <laughs> my celebrity partner was, uh, we're not partner. We never played together. You know, right. we played opposite the two people. Yeah. Uh, it was Rosie and she was wonderful. Oh, uh, no, right now I'm, I'm working out, trying to like, you know, come back from this COVID body. And, uh, aren't we all <laughs> everybody uh, <laughs> working with a, um, organization called, our place, which has um, a, a subset called the living room, which is like a drop-in hangout place for kids going through recovery, um, substance abuse, alcohol abuse, primarily Orthodox observant Jewish young adults and teenagers going mm. through recovery. Uh, I am not an observant Jew, but I come from said stock. So I understand that world. <laughs> and uh, although I am not a recovering uh, substance abuse person, uh, Patrick is recovering from alcohol and uh, addictions. And mm. I have found my way into Al-Anon, which is the yeah. support group for family, friends, and loved ones who are, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a cut up word. I mean, instead of Alcoholics Anonymous is right. called Al-Anon, and it doesn't mean a shorter version of AA. It's a support group for those who have family and friends going through that. Mm. And we use the same exact 12 steps. So we oh. say we're also in recovery and we do the same 12 steps that AA does, OA does, NA does, all of the 12-step programs and Al-Anon does it. So wow. I am, although not an addict, I am familiar with the 12 steps. So with that information and with my background, I'm able to, I'm taking a very small group of people from our place in the living room and teaching them how to give speeches about their experience oh, wow. and how to, like say if they were called upon to speak at a donor dinner, if they were called mm-hmm. upon to speak at a yeshiva or high school, mm-hmm. um, how could they frame their speech? Who are they talking to? Why? What do they need them to understand? What's their message through the mess? 
right. you know, yeah. how will they know it's understood? Um, That's all amazing. That in the middle of a, like a huge, like 12 week program working with these. Oh, I love that. That's like so important too. That's yeah. so important. It's been wild. That's <laughs> kids have wild lives and yeah. it's been really fascinating. I'm so honored. They're so, they just so willingly vomited their stories to me. They, they met me once in person. We're doing all the rest of it privately. Mm-hmm. And they've just been so open, just so forthcoming, um, which is, then to like pare that all down to a usable speech is my job. But I really appreciate their vulnerability and their honesty. Yeah. It's just been a very, I'm just very honored. And it's very powerful. For the listeners out there, if you visit the show notes, we'll make yeah. sure we'll put a link to, to this organization so people can Absolutely. click on it and read more about it online and everything to make sure that mm-hmm. you know, people can follow up. We'd love we'd love that. Yeah, uh, we would. Paige, this has been wonderful. I have loved chatting with you here. This has been so great. Where can people follow you, find you online, on, on the gram and anywhere else? At Real Paige Davis. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Oh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't do Twitter so much. But I'm, I'm on Facebook. I'm really more on Instagram and then I share it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I, and I follow, <laughs> I I actually, I, I follow you on Instagram. So I've seen a lot of your, your workout stories and I've also seen you talk about Patrick and his kind of his struggles and his overcoming mm-hmm. and which, you know, fantastic for him. I'm, I think that's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, give him a, a great big, good job at a boy from us. We love that. Rated 13 months. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys were very vulnerable and open about that too, which I think is very Mm -hmm. admirable because you're sharing your story. You know, it's tricky because they tell you not to, you know, it's anonymous, not just for your own privacy or your own protection, but it it also protects the organization itself because say, you know, he's he's successful right now and it's an inspiration, but what if he quote unquote falls off the wagon or whatever? Somebody else who's struggling might say, see, it doesn't work. See, right. see, and so they tell you to be very careful, but, um, you know, so far it's just been really helpful. He's been really, he has been an inspiration to people to get mm-hmm. sober. And I've had friends who've approached me who said, you know, I've learned so much by listening in on meetings and it's changed how I see my family member and mm-hmm. I'm feeling different. It changed me entirely. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I see it all very, very differently now. And that's helpful. It's helped me as much, if not more than him. So it's really fascinating, but it's tricky, you know, to strike right. that balance of like, do I share or do I not share? Um, Cause you have to protect the organization as much as yourself, but so far it's been positive. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel weird sometimes. <laughs> That's a good place, I think, to to kind of wrap up. Paige, again, thank you so much for coming on. This has been wonderful. Love chatting with you here. Uh, good luck to you. We're gonna definitely follow you, and um, yeah, people love you, and so we're excited. And hopefully, hopefully, you'll come back on and come see us again. That would be wonderful. I would love that. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Paige. You too. Bye. Okay, so again, behind the curtain, when we got off the call, when we got mm-hmm. off, when Paige Davis clicked mm-hmm. out and everything, for the listeners, Jen put her hands on her mouth and was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh, oh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I just talked to Paige Davis and she was so excited. I was really excited though. <laughs> she was so excited and it was, I was excited too. Um, and I've, I've talked to her previously on, on a previous podcast. So, you know, we're like besties now. She and I are, you know, we have coffee once a, once a ever, once a never. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I'm really thankful for Paige coming on there and, and go to the website to find the show notes. Uh, I have the, the charity she was talking about. I have that link on there. Just mm-hmm. click on that. If you want to find out more information, if you want to give, whatever you're going to do, you know, you can kind of see that and everything. And we'll have Paige up as a friend of the show because now she's a friend of the show yeah and now i'm going to be watching my phone religiously to see if samantha brown uh you know texas just in case. That'd be amazing you know i've been watching it for 24 hours now she hasn't yet but but i'm very hopeful, very hopeful. <laughs> jen where can we find you online you can find me at upon a star jen everywhere um facebook instagram etc and you can find me at jen underscore novotny on instagram 
Perfect. Find me on Facebook at Disney on a Dollar and Magic on a Dollar. One's a more of a Disney business page, a lot mm-hmm. of travel things. One's a more of a fun page. That's where I'm going to put a lot of memes up and fun stuff, mm-hmm. different links. And so follow them both for different flavors of the Disney travel adventure. Also find me on Instagram at the magic on a dollar um you can follow the follow the agency as well at upon a star travel we'd mm-hmm. love you to come over there and follow yeah. along we have all kinds of disney stuff we have different contributors giving to the page that yeah. feed. so a lot of different things going on there which is real exciting so you know there's a lot of negativity in this world and what you want is a social media feed full of positive stuff yeah and seeing pictures of sunny beaches and bali beds and great pools and margaritas and space mountain and Tower of Terror. Monorails. Monorails. You know, seeing video of Mickey Mouse behind, behind a waving. And, and there's figment. We, it, you can't beat that. That's better than yeah. any news you're going to get anywhere from, from news sources and stuff. So let's fill your feet up with that. Make it positive and everything. So that's our show, folks. Thank you so much for joining us once again. And we'll be back here next Thursday with more magic and more fun. Don't forget to follow us online at the MSE Podcast. So that is the phrase that pays in magic and love. The MSE Podcast at gmail.com. That is our email address. Podcast.com uh, is our website. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're on all those places. And we would love to hear from you as well. And, of course, go give us five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts, Spotify or right. iTunes or Apple Podcasts or the radio or Amazon or whatever it is you do. Go find it. We love those five stars uh, because that's the best way to listen to a podcast mm-hmm. is knowing that you gave it a glowing review. Right. Until next week, Jen, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you much for joining us. Thank you out there to the listeners. I'm Dave. That's Jen. And, hey, don't forget, thank your Phoenicians. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Electrical Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The MSE Podcast. Or visit our website at themsepodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe and may all your wishes come true.